0: Sixty percent of the time, it works. Every time. I am loving. This. You
1: are telling me, part Lisa!
0: Come with me if you want to live. Gentlemen, well, you have my curiosity, but now you have my attention. Now, here's your hosts, Sky and Colin. Here's Johnny. Yeah, I still see very
1: boobs, nice, dudes,
2: nice. and the And now, we're going to do it in reverse, but play it inverted so it sounds normal. All right. So, I think you would have to say and Colin first, and then I would start from there. Colin and... I don't think you know how it works. (laughs) Sky... (laughs) reviews movie dudes to listening. No, to listening your goers movie. Hey,
0: (laughs) nailed it. (laughs) That's what every day working on this movie was like. Yeah,
2: exactly. Christopher Nolan was just like, don't talk to me unless you're speaking backwards.
0: Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Or he'd be VR giving direction. He'd be like, Schlengmarsh, marsh."
2: Yes. So your motivation in this scene is... <laughs> yeah, your motivation
0: is the Schlengmarsh. <laughs> and then Michael Caine's just sitting there. Like, You'll get used to that. <laughs> I've dealt with him for eight movies now. Christopher Nolan, have you gone completely batty? <laughs> Uh, I love Michael Caine. Michael Caine's great, and uh, when you say it fast. It sounds like you're saying Michael Caine. my cocaine, my my cocaine. That's <laughs> that's what it sounds like when Michael Caine says Michael Caine. Yeah, yeah. Michael Caine. What about it? You gotta get off that. No, Michael, Michael Caine. Caine. Michael Caine. <laughs> Michael Caine. Why is he saying his name also? <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's just repeating his name over and over again. That's he how he gets the him character. It's just him staring in a mirror, going <laughs> Michael Caine. <laughs> Michael (laughs) Caine, Michael Caine, I think I've got it. His his assistant just brings me a huge plate of crank.
2: (laughs) (laughs) He's fucking cooking up methane light bulbs before he hits (laughs) hits the stage at like 96 or whatever the fuck. Jeez. Yeah, no shade on Michael Caine because I do love him. (laughs) He's in one of yeah, my favorite man. comedies,
0: Dirty Rotten Scoundrels, Steve Martin. I had a VHS as a kid. I'm trying to remember what VHS it was. It was a VHS that had trailers that played before the movie started. And Dirty Rotten Scoundrels was one of those movies that it played like a trailer for. Yeah. It's a little fun fact. Yeah. Cool story. But yeah, man. You know This episode's done. <laughs> Fuck you.
2: <laughs> you know what? This are episode- having a good time. This episode is done, but keep listening, because if you want to hear the beginning of the episode, it comes in the end. Oh. We're just going to
0: play this whole episode backwards. We're going to do this whole review backwards. So, Tomato Tomato. (laughs) (laughs) I'm so stoked to do this review. I've been waiting to talk to you about this movie, though, for, like, for a week. It's actually been a week. A literally about, I would say... 10 minutes ago, a week ago, I had just woke like walked out of the theater from seeing this the first time. So, oh yeah, yeah. Hey man.
2: And then fun fact, you saw it the second time at the exact same time that I saw it the first time in completely different theaters, but they had the exact same starting time, so we got out of the theater at the exact same time, which was pretty cool.
0: Yeah, it was cool. I want to I want to mention our conversation when we get to that point, but I don't I don't want to spoil our feelings on the movie yet, but yeah, man. I think us and every other movie lover out there has been hyped to see this. Um, so really excited. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. That is for
2: sure. Like, I don't even know what to do with myself right now. There's so much. <laughs> there's so much. I have a feeling that there's going to be a lot that we want to talk about on this on this movie. So I also feel like we're going to... Uh, we're going to go longer than I want. I don't know for sure. Mm-hmm. Too soon to tell. It is kind of late where we're at. We're on the East Coast, and it's like a little after 10 now.
0: Yeah, it is. But you know what? We got to give the people what they want.
2: <laughs> yes. And we teased the Swampies like a dozen times in last week's episode, telling them we're talking about Tenet this week. And – uh Maybe giving them a little bit of blue balls. They're just listening in and being like, what? They're going to talk about tenant? Why am I listening to Bill and Ted right now? They're making me wait <laughs> a They're week. Me, I was getting blue balls. <laughs> yeah, me too. Well, originally, because we recorded both of these episodes in the same night, last week's and this week's. And originally, I think we wanted to record this episode first because we wanted to talk about it. But then I was worried about the continuity just in case we mention anything. And like if we release them backwards, I might. Although releasing them backwards, these are two movies where time is a major plot point to the movie. If we did do that, it would almost make
0: sense. Yeah. 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 (laughs) But how have you been though, dude? I feel like we haven't actually like caught up in a while. That's true.
2: We've all been very busy boys for very different reasons. You were being a productive uh, working member of society. I've been a busy boy working and such, but I've also been a dirty boy. No, I've been a nice boy. Ooh. No, I've been a great oh. boy. I've been <laughs> boy. I've been an old boy. I've been an old boy. I've been just wailing on motherfuckers with a hammer and <laughs> accidentally sleeping with my spoiler alert daughter.
0: I thought you were going to talk about a real person.
2: (laughs) 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 Uh, Pretty big spoiler for old boy. I might actually bleep that out. I'll leave it in, but I'll bleep out what I said because I would hate to ruin one of my favorite movies of all time just for a really stupid and tasteless joke. Joke. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, not worth it. But no, um, I've been keeping very busy. Uh, just just fucking grinding, man. Just out here on the grind, but yeah, I wasn't too busy to go see this movie because big news And <laughs> what just happened. <laughs> My phone fell over. That's what happened. Cool. We're on Facetime right now, and Colin just went went for a tumble, or or I guess I went for a tumble. <laughs>
0: My phone fell over, and Sky's just like,
2: "Colin, are you okay? No, my friend, he's dead." <laughs> Welcome to one dude movie
0: review yeah. with Sky and no one else, <laughs> and, and my friend Colin's corpse. <laughs> Hey man, you haven't gotten a tapestry yet for the the sound room. You can just use my corpse. You can just like skin me and hang me on the wall. Yeah,
2: dude. No, I'm going to go back about like 50 episodes and I'm going to fucking bury you in a pet cemetery.
0: Oh, why would you why honor that piece of shit? What?
2: No, I just want to um, see you in a horrible movie.
0: <laughs> that's that's how you get your revenge on people. Yeah. It's funny uh, you know, on brand with this been watching all of uh all of Nolan's movies cuz we're going to do a little ranking at the end of this and so I've been watching I've been watching some movies I feel like we haven't brought it up enough is Memento like one of the best like revenge movies probably yeah hey man it's fucking
2: awesome i love Guy Pierce. like he's in yeah. some of my favorite movies actually we talked about it towards the end of the last episode how we realized there were so many movies that we forgot to put on like our top 50. Memento is a top yeah. 50 movie for me. Like Memento might be I, a top
0: 20 for me. The prestige is one for me also. That's an old one. That was one that I was thinking of. And I don't know. There's, there's a couple other ones because <laughs> I've been watching them like, man, this movie like is so fucking good. Like. Like Also, like I had the Dark Knight Rises, oh, we'll get to it, man. I had the Dark Knight Rises on my top 50, but I think I'm realizing that there's other Nolan movies that I like more than that. So I don't know, we'll, we'll have to talk about it, man. So much, so much good stuff, a lot of good stuff, but we'll save the ranking for the
2: end because that'll come post tenant grades and stuff like that. That's how we, that's how we, yeah, just, we're gonna
0: put that's the cherry on top. Like, of course, we're gonna put tenant in the rankings. That's the whole point of this, yeah, that's what the people come here for. That's what they that's what they fucking need. <laughs>
2: yeah. And who knows, maybe like, Tenet is going
0: to be at number 10 because it's in the name well, Tenet. Be good. They all maybe he did that on purpose. The people need this though. They need it just like Michael Caine needs his <laughs> needs my <Michael> cocaine. <laughs> yeah. The, the,
2: the, <laughs> the world needed this like Michael Caine needs my cocaine. <laughs> <Michael Caine. laughs> that's a fucking t-shirt. <laughs> just it's just a picture of Michael Caine with a tray uh, that has like a mound of cocaine on it. Yeah, they said a plate of crank. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the world um, needs this. Like Michael Caine needs my <laughs> cocaine. Needs <Michael> <laughs> it's not even his own cocaine. It's it's it mine. Michael <laughs> Caine took my cocaine, <laughs> and I want it back. My cocaine, my cocaine.
0: <laughs> Sorry, I'm just getting into character. This is a great bit. It's not getting old at all. <laughs>
2: no, not at all. Not upon like the immediate, uh, yeah, vocalization of this stupidity. But yeah. I'm so excited. I'm so excited for this. And I, and I was going to talk about it before, and then we kept, get, kept getting derailed by our own uh, moronic bits. <laughs> but big news in regards to this movie for me, because you are a swampy fuck and you live in Florida now, where they don't care if you live or die. So you have been <laughs> able to go into movie theaters before I was, but I was not fucking around for this movie. I was not going to watch this on some VOD. I was not going to go see this in the drive-in, but I did drive 77 miles to go see this goddamn movie in Connecticut.
0: Hear, here, here. <laughs>
2: here. Well, we talked about it a couple weeks ago that, that Danbury was already open. And at the time that I wanted to see this, cause I went to the early access for tenant as you did as well. Mm-hmm. And, uh, Jersey wasn't open yet. Jersey wasn't going to be open until like that Friday. And I saw this on like a Tuesday or something. So yeah, I wasn't messing around. I, I put in some miles to go see tenet for Christopher Nolan. So I'm kind of thinking about hitting him with like uh the receipt for my gas and seeing if he'll reimburse me. <laughs> <laughs> Pay up buddy. <laughs> yeah. Guess what? Pay up, Nolan. The time has come because I know he loves time. That'll get a chuckle out of him. he will go, <laughs> that was good stuff. Chap. Is he British? I think he's American. Whoops. <laughs> I co-host a movie podcast. <laughs> no expertise. Anybody can do it. I could have I swore he was British. Cause like he has always, he always works with so many British actors. He's clearly best friends with Michael Caine. And, He's got Tom Hardy in all of his movies. Which, by the way, I always forget Tom Hardy's in Dunkirk. Because, like, you never see his face. You only see his face in, like, the last two minutes of the movie. Yeah. But uh, but everybody's always British. Like, There's always so much, like, British influence in his movies. I mean, I tell you, you why.
0: He... What's that? I can tell you why. Oh, is he actually why. British? Uh, born in the UK... Growing up in America. Oh, a little bit of both. Yeah, we were both right. Nice. I love that. When well, we can both be right, but both be oh so wrong. <laughs> he's British. No, he's American. No, you imbeciles. He's British American. Oh, fuck.
2: <laughs> Some Swampy you was sitting idiots. at home just screaming at their iPhone just now. Yeah. You buffoon!
0: <laughs> you hack! <laughs> why do I listen to these goofs? A <laughs> couple of telewalkers. <laughs> Michael Caine. <laughs> yeah. Michael Caine. It's actually, it's actually Michael Kane telling us off. <laughs> yeah. Man. Oh, man. I can't wait for that t-shirt to come out. It'll come out right after the Quantum Fucker one. Oh, I want the Quantum Fucker. reviews.com. Check it out. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Uh I don't there's just so much I want to say, but I can't say it to the review. We might have to like speed through some shit. But there's a lot of stuff. Like we, we've got a we got a good slate of things on this episode, man. We I think really the swampies are getting treated here. I think they're getting treated. They're getting trick or treated. I think we're getting treated, honestly. I think we're just doing this for ourselves right now. We're just, oh my God. Yeah, this is a
2: treat. It has been a treat. Like, uh, like I said, being able to go to the movie theaters, oh my God. Like, I like, I love my son, (laughs) but I've never
0: felt more at home than, than sitting in a movie theater by myself again. Can we, um, I want to get into my feelings on that whole thing, but I can't do it unless I'm talking about the movie. So we'll come back to this if that's okay with you. All right, fuck it. Trailer park. There we go. <laughs> I was, a park park was like, come on. I, tra- I, lo- I love the trailer park stick. Maybe the trailer park stick should be a t-shirt. <laughs> it's just a picture of
2: this fucking rod that I use <laughs> yes. to push the trailer park button from a distance because but- I'm not sitting in front of the
0: soundboard. <laughs> it literally looks like a fucking Gandalf the White Staff.
2: <laughs> you shall not pass. I know that was when he was That's still off the but. gray, are you fucking? <laughs> oh my God. What a fucking rookie. <laughs>
0: <laughs> now it's the fart staff, <laughs> the fart staff. <laughs> oh man. Good, good times. Good times. Well, what are we talking today for the trailer park? Trailer park today is a kind of a double whammy. Because
2: at the time that we saw Tenet, you want to talk about the treats that we've been getting? I feel oh. like I feel like a trick who's getting treated by her pimp. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> My cocaine. Uh, not entirely. <laughs> <laughs> because for going to the early access of Tenet, you and I and every other lucky American – or Un-American, wherever you saw it, got blessed with the teaser for Denis Villeneuve's Dune. Yeah, boy. Yeah, boy. Now, I got to tell you, I saw Tenet in IMAX, and I know it's no Mm -hmm. Dolby, but the theater that I was in, I've never been there. Phenomenal sound system. Like, I honestly was like, if this wasn't Dolby, I probably would have just, like, my chest would have caved in or something like I can't imagine it being any louder than what I was experiencing because holy fuck the Dune trailer. Uh, just that little teaser was like slapping
0: my butt cheeks, dude, this whole experience and we'll get to it. But the, the this whole experience, the sound in my theater was nuts. And I saw this in R P X. Oh, RPX. an oh, RPX. Right. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, just nuts. But, Talking specifically the Dune trailer, you know, if you listen to our, uh, what was it? A, our one year anniversary episode, we talked about our top five most anticipated movies from 2020. Dune was my number one. I think Dune was your number two, right? Maybe. I don't remember now. I think 10, it may have been your number one and Dune was your number two, I think. And then I told you the cast for Dune and then I think you were like, oh, that might be my number one, but... <laughs> Yeah, Dune, I'm so hyped for. Denis Villeneuve is either my favorite director or he's my second favorite director. But just love everything that he's doing. And the teaser alone is was awesome. And yeah, the full trailer is coming out today. So we're just going to talk real quick about the teaser. And then we're going to watch the full trailer for the first time on here. But uh, at least in terms of the, the teaser... I was already obviously super hyped about this and the teaser just made me even more hype just because they're fucking nailing it, dude. Like oh, even yeah. uh Oh yeah. You know, I've said this a bunch of time, like um, in regards to like the Harry Potter movies and stuff. When I read something and like I really like the source material, it definitely bothers me when they stray from that. And stray from it for the wrong reasons. Like there's times where like with uh it, they made smart choices because the book wouldn't have translated, but uh they decided that they wanted to do tune uh Dune as two parts. Like, cause this is going to be two movies. Yeah. So which is brilliant, which I think is, yeah, it's a smart, smart decision. And then even smarter considering the trailer, I'm watching it. I'm like, they're, this is line for line. Like the book, Because that that scene with the box, that's like the first chapter, the second chapter of the book. And yeah, man, just aesthetically dialogue, like killing it. I love the set design of it. The music is like, oh, the music sounds so good in it, dude.
2: Yeah, the, 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 the sound design, the set design, the costume design, the look, the feel, the tone, even from like the short, like one minute, whatever it was, thing that they showed was like, I couldn't believe it. It is so... And like I had to put myself in check. I'm like, is it because I'm so excited? And I'm like, no, it's because it's fucking awesome. (laughs) (laughs) It really is. Like, I am dying to see this movie. I'm dying to see the trailer. This was a teaser for a trailer. They weren't even, it wasn't even like a teaser for the movie. It literally says like in the beginning of it, like, Teaser for the trailer. And at the end of this teaser, it doesn't say when the movie's coming out, it says when the trailer is coming out. Yeah. That's <laughs> that's funny. how you know you're holding on to a goddamn diamond where you're just like, bro, like we're gonna tease you for a trailer and you're gonna love it.
0: You know what I liked about the, the, the teaser also? It says at the end, which I think this is like very like it just there had been rumors for a long time that the Dune trailer was gonna come out with Tenet. That was, that was the word. Mm -hmm. And I feel like it almost just makes sense because the Dune trailer or the teaser at the end of it, it says only in theaters. I was just like, fuck yeah, dude. (laughs) Yeah.
2: Because that's another one where if theaters didn't open, like after just seeing that teaser, I drove 77 miles for tenant. I would drive over a hundred miles to
0: go see Dune if I had to. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm stoked, man. They sold me on just like the one minute teaser. And, uh, just going to the music real quick. I, I want to touch on that, and then we'll we'll watch the actual full trailer. But um, you know, Hans Zimmer is normally Christopher Nolan's guy. Like Christopher Nolan normally works with Hans Zimmer on all of his scores. Mm-hmm. But he couldn't have Hans Zimmer for Tenet because Hans Zimmer is doing Dune. Oh, that's crazy. And, yeah. What a So, toast. and I mean, Hans Zimmer's worked with Denis Villeneuve also, and I love his scores. I know some people are not, like, huge on him. I think he does a phenomenal job with all of his scores. And, yeah, like like we said earlier, the, the music just, just swelling in the theater. The theater was, like, rumbling. Yeah. But, yeah, it got me hyped, man. Well, I think his scores are very
2: atmospheric. Like, mm-hmm. you don't have, like, the John Williams, like, super, like, crazy, like, compositions and, like, orchestral, like, complexity. But the way Hans Zimmer, like creates a soundscape it's like so his own and like stands out and it like really like the music and the score and the sound design in a lot of like the Christopher Nolan movies and pretty much all the Christopher Nolan movies and the Denis Villeneuve movies is just like so like iconic in itself like it's almost like another character in the movies and like it. I feel like if you had any other score behind those movies, they wouldn't work quite the same. Like, it just adds to the scale of everything. And these movies, especially Dune, like, the way it's shot and, like, even the couple of shots that you get in this, even the shots when they're in the room with the box, just how big that room looks. And, like, the same thing that Denis Villeneuve did with Blade Runner 2049. And, like, even if they are in a room in a building, like, there's just so like the ceilings are so high and like just the world felt so large and vast and it's these wide shots and these, I, th- I think the sound helps mirror that same feeling of just how, how big and open
0: this, this universe is that they're playing. in. I wonder how long each part's going to be, if, if they're going to be like think three hour three parters or like, you think so? That'll, I would love that. <laughs> how long was Blade Runner 2049? That was almost three hours, right? Yeah. It was three hours and okay. I loved it know a lot of people were like, oh, that movie's like slow. Like, no, like, fuck you. <laughs> yeah, you're crazy. I, I, the, that's another movie, like you were saying, though, like the atmosphere is so key. Like people could be standing in a room doing nothing and you could just like screenshots like scenes and you're like, that's one of the most beautiful frames I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's brilliant. So I'm, I'm,
2: I'm expecting good things here. Honestly, I don't know. If I am man enough to not watch this, this trailer like six times before we even record us watching the trailer.
0: (laughs) We're just going to just do it now and just scream. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, let's let's get into it.
1: There's something awakening in my mind, I can't control it What did you see? Oh. There's a crusade coming Do you often dream things that happen? This was in, in the teaser that we saw Yes The test is simple Remove your hand from the box And you die What's well, in the box? pain you inherit too much power you have proven you can rule yourself now you must learn to rule others something none of your ancestors learned my father rules an entire planet he's losing it he's getting a richer one he'll lose that one too
0: my man I'm but just loving seeing trap. everybody in this movie yeah, Batista her. everyone every every this five seconds someone else pops up and you're like oh man this is awesome they're
1: picking my family off one by one let's fight like demons an animal caught in a trap will gnaw off its own leg to escape what will you do
0: The shots on this One day new man who's uh he's got the eye yeah for real
1: All of civilization depends on it the
0: future i can see it I will say this i'm not the biggest fan of this music choice and yeah
1: Fear is the mind.
2: This isn't like the score to the movie. the Duke. Where the fear is gone. Yeah, I know. Only I will remain.
1: Oh.
0: All those oh, names. Man. Ooh. Ooh. That's pretty dope. Yeah,
2: yeah, I'm, I'm into it. <laughs> I will say this. I made the mistake of looking at comments and... Uh, oh, no. Yep. Like, it, there was, like, a um, whatever it is, movie web or movie news or whatever, like, post, like, I follow on Facebook or we follow on Facebook. And the stuff that people were saying about this trailer made me want to just punch wildly what were they saying ah people were just like this looks like garbage like i like when a movie does or a trailer doesn't tell you everything but this tells me absolutely nothing and i'm like you're a fucking idiot like this it does tell you everything it's like what more do you need to know like they literally went into the fact that it's like it's within his lineage to like rule the planet and stuff like the the dune is like all geopolitics like if you actually broke down what the plot was it sounds boring as
0: shit yeah dune in some ways is almost like kind of the the family politics of like game of thrones mixed in space like it's like space game of thrones kind of yeah so space of thrones why exactly when i see people that are like well I haven't seen, but I was just gonna if anyone is like, "Oh, this is boring, blah, blah blah, and they like Game of Thrones and they're a fucking hypocrite, <laughs> so right, but there's no dragons, you don't need a dragon there's a there's a fucking shy Halud. it's a fucking sandworm bro yeah, you want wanna know what, what I really like like i said i'm i I'm not big on the sound or the the song choice in this um, the teaser that we saw had the actual score in it and the yeah. score gave me chills. I kind of wish it was just more of that. But uh that's the only real complaint I have about the trailer. And that's probably not going to be in the movie. I'd be shocked if they played Pink Floyd's song in the movie. <laughs> yeah. But uh, I, doubt, I don't
2: think that's going to happen.
0: Yeah. Anyone who likes the source material, anyone who's read the book, anyone who likes the 1980 version of the movie, like... I think you're going to really like this. Like if you're a fan of Dune, I think you're going to really like this cuz Denis Villeneuve has already proven with Blade Runner 2049 that he'll take a property that is beloved and make sure that he does the source material justice. Like he is not going yeah. to ruin something that's special. And oh no. What's what's really cool about this trailer is it, you know, uh did you ever get the book that I got? No. That looks awesome though that book has some of like the illustration like the original like Frank Herbert um like illustration and concept art for Dune in it and they're like they're going spot on with that like he clearly like just looked at all of like the references for you know how Frank Herbert wanted things to look and he's just doing it to a T it's actually funny there's one section kind of towards like the middle where they show like a few ships in the air and then there's like sand crawlers essentially and they look exactly like the sand crawlers from star wars but that's Mm -hmm. because george lucas was inspired by frank herbert's concept art for dune and then he put that sand crawler in star wars so star wars pulled from dune oh fancy yeah man i uh i love the aesthetic i you know i said that earlier um you do get a little bit more of the story i don't know if there's a director that i would feel more comfortable with adapting this for real like i yeah. I'm trying to think of someone else, but like if you want it to be like true to the source material, there are plenty of directors where I would be hyped for it. But I think those directors also would probably have like their spin on it. I think what makes Denis Villeneuve great is his eye for the camera and his eye for world building and everything like that. And oh, yeah, I mean, I mean, he's also, he's a phenomenal writer and he knows like when to hold things back and stuff like that. But yeah, like he's, he's a visionary. He's, He's someone that I think we should be putting in, like, the the Nolan class in, like, in terms of awesome visuals every single frame. So, um,
2: yeah, yeah, I don't know. Hopefully, because I know, like, Blade Runner 2049 didn't have, like, huge box office success because the runtime was, like, a question in there. Mm -hmm. I feel like his body of work kind of goes underappreciated, or at least, like, by mainstream moviegoers, like, I don't think regular people, basically morons, I don't think morons are going to like this movie at all. Um, yeah, I could see that. I, I feel like when this comes out, the the tomato-tomato is going to be like, critics, 96. Audience,
0: 40. <laughs> I really hope this is, this is great and everyone loves it and stuff like that. I feel like... I don't know if you've seen all of his movies. He, he only has five, but I feel like his most accessible movie is Scario. And Sicario is actually my least favorite of his, of his five. Yeah. That's the thing is he, he also has a lot of very heady concepts in his movie. Arrival is a high concept movie. Yeah. Blade Runner for 2049 is a high concept movie. Enemy is what, you know, another like one yeah. that you really have to think about. So it's a real mind. Fuck that movie. Yeah. I want to show that to uh Brianna really bad. <laughs> you want to see some crazy shit, but, uh, yeah, I I feel like Sicario is the most successful because it's basically like kind of just like a D D E A movie. <laughs> yeah, it's just like action. Yeah, I, I can't imagine I wouldn't enjoy it. Yeah, it would it would have to be. I I don't know. Like even based on the trailer, I'm like, there's no way I won't enjoy this unless the story is just a train wreck. But it's right. it's not going to be. It's like there's there's no way it's going to be if they're making it two movies. That clearly like when they announced that it was going to be two movies. That solidified for me. I'm like, it's going to be good. And I'll yeah. be pretty surprised if it isn't one thing that's bad though. I don't know if you saw this today, like maybe like an hour before we uh, started recording, there's rumors. This might get pushed back to 2021. Oh yeah. I saw that. That would suck. Yeah. Not into that. Yeah. Cause they are, they're
2: guaranteeing like we're
0: showing this in theaters no matter what. Yeah. It's not even because of production or movie theaters or anything like that. It's, it's actually because of wonder woman. <laughs> well, that's stupid. Yeah, because apparently uh, Warner Brothers, they basically just like, well, like New York and California aren't open yet, and like our movie's coming out in like three weeks, like maybe we should push it back to November or December. And so if, if that gets pushed back to December, I don't think they want the two movies competing against each other. So they're just saying by like... Right. Yeah, by having another blockbuster out, Dune would push itself back. Fuck all of that. Fuck Wonder Woman. <laughs> Wonder
2: Woman fucks yeah, up I, Dune I for really me. I'm going to be pissed. Yeah. We'll, we'll that's gonna fail sh- it just
0: <laughs> yeah, that's going to greatly affect its grade. <laughs> yeah, I saw it today, and I was like, come on. But you got anything else, dude? I don't. Let's
2: get the fuck out of here, because we got a lot to talk about.
0: Oh, man. Wait, we're here.
2: I don't know if I can do this. I'll tell you right now, I probably can't do it. Let me show you something, Colin, because we're on FaceTime. I brought my notebook with me to the movie theater because that's what I do. I always bring my notebook and I always like to take notes during the movie. I took, I wrote down one note because there was another trailer that I saw, which I'll not say because we'll probably use it for a trailer park soon that I was like, this is cool. I wrote for the Dune teaser chills on my whole body. Then Tenet started and I didn't write a fucking thing.
0: so i am ill prepared (laughs) (laughs) i have
2: literally nothing because dude i couldn't i could not for a second click my pen or look down at my notebook to see what i was writing i was eyes glued to the goddamn screen 100 of the time i i don't know if i've been so focused on a movie besides like end game like end game was obviously like but even that is like I would lean over to you and be like oh fuck yeah and like you get wrapped up in the emotion of everything like I think this I was just so hyper focused on what was happening on
0: screen that everything else just like melted away yeah I want to just go into like my theater experience real quick and I'll try and keep it as non like spoilery with my feelings but it might be difficult but go for it Other than Endgame, this may have been my favorite in theater experience, honestly. Like, wow, do you think because we've been so deprived of theater experiences? That's no, that's definitely part of it, and like I acknowledge why, but we haven't had movies in a while, like, we haven't had movies to go into the theater and see in like six months, and um, I had already been to the movies to see another movie in theaters a few days before this. So this wasn't like my first time going, but Christopher Nolan is already like his movies come out and it's a it's an event. Like honestly, I don't know where you would rank him. I was trying to think about this today. Christopher Nolan might be my third favorite director working right now. Like it's tough. I Deneva Lenou I like more. Uh Quentin Tarantino I like more. But I don't know if there's another one That comes in there before Christopher Nolan. And I was just, I was so hyped to see him. And then as soon as this movie started, the sound, just everything, like, I was just filled with just so much joy. And I was just like, I'm just, I'm watching something from one of like the best directors right now, and he's killing it. And I don't know, I was just, I was so fucking happy like the entire time. And just like you, like, I could not take my eyes off the screen. There was one point in the movie where I mentioned it on last week's episode where I wanted to um, say something to Brianna and part of it was like the mask thing, but also part of it was just like, I don't want to stop watching right now. Like I don't want to lean over and say anything. because I'm just so into this movie, but um, yeah, yeah, man. Like I think if I had to go like in theater experiences and games one, this is probably two. And then three is either Infinity War or The Dark Knight Rises for me. Like, like two Nolans are in there. But yeah, it just made me so happy, dude. Me too. Like, yeah, definitely being
2: back in the theaters was like a almost like an emotional experience. Uh, Like honestly, like the movie itself didn't make me emotional, like in content or anything like that. But just like the the experience of sitting there and again, like I saw it in IMAX. So like it, it was, it was a little bit like more grand than, and I actually saw Dark Knight in IMAX as well, which I think Dark Knight was like filmed in IMAX or something, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. So I know he does that, but I think just the fact that it was, you know, it was, it was just like one notch up from just not only it being my first theater going experience since February, which is crazy considering I was going like 12 times a month, if not more sometimes like 15 times a month to the movie theaters for the shutdown and everything. So then that whole experience just being back and being back for a movie of such like an Epic proportion and seeing it on a, on a slightly grander scale than even just going to the movies was just like overwhelming me. And I was like, this is fucking
0: incredible. Like, I'm so happy. I was so happy I did it. We'll we'll get into all the, the bare bones info in a second. But saw this movie, like I said, a week ago. Saw it again the day afterwards. I liked the movie itself more the second time because it's a really cool movie to see after you know the outcome. But my actual experience, I liked better the first time just because of like how happy it made me and everything like that. So I saw it over a week ago. I haven't stopped thinking about it. Like this has been like in my brain for about a week now. It's <laughs> just like, um, but Christopher Nolan is the director and writer of this movie. Like he is on all of his movies. Insomnia is the only movie of his that he didn't write. Don't know if you didn't, if you knew that or not, but uh, uh, I, don't, I haven't seen that one. I'll say my feelings on it later, but uh, yeah, that's the only one that he, he didn't write. We've said before, obviously I love when you get these writer director, like, you know, it's the same person, same person's vision. I think it definitely shows through like in this movie and basically all of his movies. That's why he's, that's why he's one of the best. But, uh, John David Washington, he's the main character in this movie, probably known from black Klansman or he's really blowing up. Like that's, you know, black Klansman was kind of his coming out party, but he was in the old man and the gun and he was in that show, uh, like ballers for a while. Right. But uh, I think he, he is one of the, the next people where you're like, Oh shit, he's in like, three movies this year. Like I, he's going to be huge. If he isn't already Robert Pattinson, we've been fucking love, love the dude. Also, he better get better, better get well soon. See, he's got Oh Yeah. I heard I heard they're continuing the production of the Batman, by the way. Like I heard they're just going on without him, but he plays Neil, uh, Elizabeth Debicki. She plays cat. You probably know her from guardians Two. She's in widows. Kenneth Branagh. He plays Andre Sater. You know, he's in Dunkirk, Murder on the Orient Express was a recent movie that he was in. It was funny because I mentioned to Brianna afterwards, I was like, yeah, that was Gilderoy Lockhart from Harry Potter too." and she was like, wait, what the fuck? And I was like, yeah. <laughs> uh, Aaron Taylor Johnson shows up in this. It's funny because I always think of Aaron Taylor Johnson as kick-ass Aaron Taylor Johnson, and then he just shows up like swole as hell. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> looking, He was more looking like his character from Godzilla. Yeah. yeah, And then Mako Kain. Mako Kain. Because he's in all... The only movies that Michael Kane wasn't in for Christopher Nolan were *Memento*, mm-hmm. Insomnia, and Following. Those are the th- the three that he has, hasn't been in. But eight other movies he's worked with them. I was trying to think of someone who's been in more movies of another person than him. Um, and there's probably not many. Like It's a really long working relationship. Wait, was he in Dunkirk? So, yeah, he's in Dunkirk. I don't remember that. Isn't he? I thought he was in Dunkirk.
2: I just watched it last night. I don't remember seeing him. I thought that he was in every movie besides those three. Oh, you know what? There was that scene—the um, pilot when the pilot crashes into the water, and he's like mm-hmm. kind of drowning, and then a mermaid swims up, and he's like, "Who are you?" And the mermaid goes, "I'm Michael Caine."
0: <laughs> I remember it now, but he's been in a, in a lot of his movies, obviously. But yeah, I I like the cast on this. Obviously, Pattinson and and. David Washington are the two big ones for me. Um, But it's always nice to see Michael Caine. And I really like Elizabeth Debicki and Aaron Taylor Johnson also.
2: Yeah. I didn't know uh, Aaron Taylor Johnson was in this until I was like watching it. I was like, oh shit. And he popped up. I was like, cool. Like I'm, I'm down with that. I
0: like him. Yeah. Yeah. Let's hit the non-spoilery things first, but I just want to say this, and this is part of why like this movie actually made me super happy and then also bummed me out a little bit because I was watching it and I was like, dude, like, this is awesome. And then I thought to myself, I was like, only Christopher Nolan could have made this movie like this, like this. You could have had the same script. You could have had it like the the storyboards and no one would have made it the way Christopher Nolan made it. I was just like, I won't be able to see another movie like this until Christopher Nolan makes another movie. Like, (laughs) like, that's almost a a little bit of a bummer.
2: Yeah, no, I get what you mean like he dude round of applause till the end of time, which what even is time anymore, especially to somebody like Christopher Hmm. Nolan, apparently, but that man is, is awesome. (laughs) He's just awesome. Cause exactly what you said, not only like about the directing kit, but like only he can direct that script. I mean, he wrote that script, but only he can direct it for sure. But also just to be able to write a script like that, like, The thing that I've noticed about Christopher Nolan's career, or at least the movies that are more like his own, because obviously uh, three out of his 11 movies are part of a comic book adaptation. So there's slightly less flexibility in terms of like how far you can push the envelope when it comes to, I guess, physics and things like that. But like, he's got a number of movies that are just about bending time and I've I've come to a realization that Christopher Nolan's favorite character is
0: time like he treats time like it's a character in his movies I mean I would argue that it, it is in almost any movie like I'm going to talk about Dunkirk real quick which is a Nolan movie but the fact that the characters are on a clock in and of itself becomes a character and that score in that movie if you listen in the back of the mix there's a stopwatch ticking throughout the entire movie and like yeah time time is a character in that movie um I would totally agree with that and you mentioned The Dark Knight and stuff like that even Dark Knight Rises the whole climax of Dark Knight Rises is a up against the clock scenario where you know this bomb's going to explode and it keeps cutting back to the watch which is the same watchmaker that he has for all of his movies. Any Christopher Nolan movie that has a watch in it, they're all made by the same company, which is really funny because like they come to him and they're like, okay, we need like a military grade watch that can do this and this and this. And they know not to ask any questions because like he keeps everything so under wraps. So they're just like, okay, no questions asked. And they'll make them these watches for his movies basically. But that's what, that's, that's why he works with them. But yeah, I mean, Inception obviously deals with time. Interstellar deals with time. The Prestige, Memento. deals a l- little bit with with time. Memento does. Tenet does. The Dark Knight Rises has elements of it. Dunkirk, yeah, like the dude obviously is fascinated with time, but I'm here for it, man. <laughs> I don't care. Yeah, no. I'm not saying that as a as a negative by any
2: means. I think it's awesome, but I think mm-hmm. because because he has such an interest in it and because he has such a focus in it, it would make it really difficult for anybody else to masterfully adapt one of his scripts because they are so dense. Only he would know how to, to visualize certain scenes. Like I think he has such a proven track record that he can get away with doing crazy things that nobody else is doing in terms of directing, like in terms of, the use of practical effects as opposed to, I honestly, I can't even call them practical effects. The guy's a fucking psycho. <laughs> like, Dark Knight, he flips a real truck. That's not like practical effects. He literally just blows up a, they blew up a uh, hospital. Yeah. They blew up a, a football stadium in yeah. and, and Rises. That's not practical effects. That's just straight up like domestic terrorism. <laughs> Like, he's literally, I mean, they're abandoned buildings, but like practical effects to me it's like, all right, it's rigged in a certain way, but it's still just like movie magic. There is no movie magic. He literally just rolls a camera while he demolishes a building. The guy's a lunatic.
0: That's That's the thing. When that plane was cruising towards that building, which... A lot of people know about that. So that's not really a spoiler. They they show it in the trailer too. I wanted so bad to tell Brianna, I'm like, that's a real plane and that's a real building. And we're actually about to watch that fucking plane blow up into that building.
2: <laughs> <Dude>. <laughs> when that was happening, cause I didn't know that I didn't look into any of the behind the scenes and I should have just known. I was like, I was so involved in the movie that I forgot who made it for a second. And I'm, I'm, I'm watching the scene happen. I'm watching the plane moving and I like leaned forward in my seat and like squinted, and I'm like, "That doesn't look CGI at all. This crazy motherfucker's gonna drive a plane
0: into a building. <laughs> How do they let him do this?" <laughs> yeah, man. I I love that. I you gotta you gotta give him credit. Like, I know that's a thing we talk a lot about visuals on this show, and I think we both really like when people use you know practical effects and stuff like that. It's and we love the John Wick movies for giving you as much in frame as, as possible. That's real. This movie really doesn't have a ton of CGI on it at all. It has work done in post, but there's really not a lot of CGI in it. Yeah. Yeah, no true. Cause like, which is really cool about it. Even when stuff
2: gets weird with time, the time play, the inversion, Mm -hmm. even that it doesn't look like CGI. Like it looks like they literally just played the footage backwards and like they like would have used CGI to like impose with with like
0: the stuff that's moving forward versus the stuff that mo- that's moving in reverse. But yeah, man, I kind of want to start here. I think there's there's two things that people keep talking about, and I think maybe we should just address those two things like real early on because I think that's what people want our you know the opinion on and what they want to know. People think about it, but people some people are calling the time inversion thing like a gimmick. They want to know like how good are the scenes that deal with it. They're fucking incredible <laughs> in, in terms of the explanation of the or do you mean in terms of like the visuals of it? I'm going to go with visuals for now because the next point that I'm going to say goes off kind of the explanation. Okay. But the visuals in this movie, the action sequences and stuff, honestly think they might be the best action sequences. Some of the best action sequences in like the last 10 years. Like I love some of the ones in John Wick three. I love a lot of the ones in Mad Max Fury road. Other than that, though, I don't really know if there's many other ones that I think can compare to this. There was multiple moments in this movie that I was like, jaw dropped, like, holy shit. Like, that is fucking wild. You know,
2: because I thought a lot about this. I think John Wick is some of the most impressive action in terms of like fight choreography. Mm -hmm. I think this movie visually is the greatest action sequences I've I almost want to say I've ever seen. And I think that's being a little bit hyperbolic, but I could agree with probably like the last like five to 10 years. Like I think it's the most impressive action sequences I've seen just in the sense of the practicality of pulling off scenes like this. And I think how unique the scenes are is just like, I've never seen anything done like this before. I don't think it can be repeated and I don't think anybody else could have done it. Like I think it is so, so,
0: unique and impressive that it's just like it's it's unbelievable yeah and it kind of bothers me when I hear people saying that it's a gimmick because it's it's not like they keep doing it over and over and over again throughout the whole movie like yes that is the central like device used in the movie but every single action set piece in this movie is completely different which is awesome because the the first one is kind of almost just like a straight up almost like kind of terrorist attack type thing and then there's there's one super quick like bullet like inversion like moment in it but that's it like it's much more of like a straightforward granted it's fucking awesome it's so nolan and the opening sequence of this movie just like fucking like blew my nuts over my shoulder (laughs) it's crazy but uh then there's there's one after that where it's kind of like almost like a hand-to-hand combat scene Then there's one after that where it's like a driving scene. And then there's one that's almost like a straight up like battlefield, like war zone type thing. Like none of, none of them feel repetitive. I know there are movies with action scenes where like by the end of it, you're like, Oh man, you're you're like beating me over the head with this. Or like, "I'm, I'm just getting desensitized by it. But every single action sequence in this movie feels new and it feels like something you haven't seen before. And like, that's part of why I was just like glued to the screen for two and a half hours. Cause it's a long movie. And I was just, I could not look away the entire time. Well, dude.
2: Yeah. hundred percent. Correct. That not only is their use of it varied throughout the movie, but it escalates with your understanding and the progress in the movie. So like, mm-hmm. as you learn more about how these things are possible, it also escalates what is possible with it, you know? So like, it's not yeah. like it's just balls to the wall right out the gate. Like at first it just looks like, yeah, this is the only thing that's inverted is these bullets. Like it's the only thing that works and you go, okay. And then you gra- like gradually more things progress. And then by the time the end comes and shit's going down and like, we'll get into it. But yeah, I was <laughs> I couldn't, I couldn't fucking, I couldn't move. I
0: couldn't feel the tip of my penis. <laughs> and I was I'll trying. Tell, I'll tell people this. Cause I mentioned it earlier. This was actually our conversation. Cause we, the second time I saw it and the first time you saw it, um, we left the theater at the same time. Cause our movies were both playing at five. And I called you and our conversation was just like, dude, and then you're just like, bro. And then I was just like, Fuck <laughs> and you were yeah. just like I know man. <laughs> yeah, dude. That was like just not even forming real sentences, just like,
1: oh <laughs> like what? <laughs> what?
0: How? But I think I think what I said to you, I was like, what am
2: I supposed to do now?
0: Yeah. <laughs> like,
2: I know I have to drive home,
0: but it's like I feel like well, how? How do I even drive? What do I do? How do you how do you do that? Yeah getting into the the explanation and like you, you just hit on it like really good, but I've seen a lot of people and it seems like this is the biggest criticism of the movie and not entirely sure why. And it actually really annoys me. This movie makes perfectly good sense. Like this movie has a story that is concrete and is it dense? Yeah, it's dense. And is it sometimes really difficult to like grasp everything the characters are saying for sure. But if you watch it a second time, you'll put together everything. If you watch it by the end of the first viewing, you understand 90% of it. Like there's certain details you want to go back, but like, I don't understand how this is such a, like, it's a high concept film, obviously, but I don't understand how it's so much like so much of a high concept film that nobody can understand it. Cause that's the one thing is that I see all these like memes online where people are just like, just saw tenant, like didn't make any fucking sense. It's like, no, it did just a fucking idiot. <laughs> That's exactly what it is. Cause I'll say this.
2: I think this is a factor that depending on what kind of movie viewer you are, this exact same point could be a positive or a negative. For me, it was a positive, but something I love about Christopher Nolan in general and all of his movies is he treats the audience like they are geniuses. Or, or at the very least, mm-hmm. he will not talk down to his audience. He does not dumb down his movies for anybody. You have to keep up. And I really appreciate that, and I love that. Because if there is something that I don't understand, I don't say this movie is stupid. I try to dive deeper and figure it out and understand it for myself. Or whether it's find my own meaning, because that's, that's what the journey is supposed to be. Or I just, I just do a little bit more research or maybe it does take a second viewing. Like I love that. I love that these movies are, they're not watered down for mass consumption. It's you're either on board or you're not. And something else about this movie in particular, this movie, I'd say even compared to other movies like inception or interstellar, because interstellar has a lot of slow moments this movie is, you said it's two and a half hours long. Yeah. Sitting in the theater. If I had walked out of that theater and you told me it was an hour and a half later, I'd have been like, yeah, I wanted more. <laughs> like this mm-hmm. movie flies by, like it, it is nonstop. And yeah, there is, if you slip for a second, you are going to be left behind so if you go out to the bathroom, there is no bathroom break moment in this movie. If you walk out to the bathroom, you are coming back. If you're gone for five minutes, you are half
0: an hour behind the movie. I will say this. I would not be surprised if there is like a four hour long cut of this movie and this movie's two and a half hours. I kind of wish it was like three hours. Like I could have used more of it, honestly. Oh, release the Nolan cut. <laughs> exactly. I mean part of that plays into like kind of a negative for the movie for me, because like I said, this movie's dense and me and you, we both feel the same way. I like that. It challenges you. I like that. It's not dumbed down for you. There's not like a ton of exposition in the movie either. Like it's a, uh, I feel like they've really had to just keep the things that were necessary in it and, and take some things out. But one thing that's kind of, it's kind of a sprint the whole movie and there's things that come at you super quick. Yeah. And I think that if there was even just a little bit more runtime on the movie, they could have maybe slowed down and like explained a little bit more. Like I said, I don't, I don't think it really needs that, but it seems like some people need that. So, and, and maybe just to break up the pacing a little bit, like just a little bit of added runtime would have been nice, but there's a lot of information in there. And like you said, it's everything is important. The whole movie is, is you, you need it all there. And uh, if you, This isn't a casual movie. Like you can't put this on and like on TV and just enjoy it. Like you really have to be focused on it. So for that, Uh, like I enjoy that, but I can understand why I can understand why it would be kind of a negative to people if you're having trouble grasping it. But like I said before, I I think you should if you watch the whole movie, you should understand the movie. (laughs) I think time is just a thing that people struggle with.
2: Yeah. See, I wonder if this movie I don't know if it would benefit or if it would be hurt by being played on cable with like having commercial breaks. Cause on one hand I'm like, you cannot break up the pacing of this movie, but also maybe for the people who do need a breather, maybe it would be good because then some crazy shit happens. Then you use that commercial break to turn to the other people sitting on the couch and go, what the fuck? (laughs) And then you talk about it a little bit. And, um, just in my world, in my life, like people I know, I can think of like 20 people that if I showed this movie to, they would just be like, not for me because of the complexity and because like some people really do just want simple movies that just kind of like are numbing and allow you to just kind of like sit there and not have to think about anything. And just like, they just want like popcorn movies and like, this is an action movie. It was supposed to come out. It would have been a part of the summer cram, I think, but this is not just like some mindless popcorn action movie. I think that's another really cool thing. Cause we always say like, we're not like the biggest action guys. That's because of mm-hmm. like most action movies are kind of mindless and stupid. And it's just like senseless violence, which, you know, I'm not like against like violent movies and or anything like that, but, this is an action movie, but it is so much more than an action movie. Like it's there's so much substance to this movie and and Christopher Nolan's movies
0: in general that like fuck. Yeah, it's super elevated for for an action movie. It's actually like they they put it in the like IMDb description of it where they use the word espionage. Christopher Nolan's always said that he he has wanted to do like a James Bond like spy type movie. This is his his spy movie. It's an action action you know espionage movie, but that he was able to incorporate time manipulation into. Yeah, and I I think if you also like if you've watched spy movies, that kind of prepares you for the amount of information that is going to be thrown at you, because those are other movies where it's a lot of like the detective work and like information coming at you quickly. So I think if you come at the movie knowing that it's almost going to have that element to it, you might be more prepared to it because I think people that went into it just being like, Oh man, I'm going to see a car drive backwards. (laughs) Like, like those are the people that aren't going to know what the hell's going on. But like, like I said, I said, right in the IMDb description, you knew it was going to be a spy movie. Like you should be, and it's also Christopher Nolan so you sh- you should know that it's like okay you got to got to put your thinking cap on like you're going to have to think cuz yeah like what Christopher Nolan movies have come out that you can just shut your brain off for like none of them maybe dunkirk uh, no even that because
2: there's some uh there's some scenes in dunkirk where it's uh they're not like bending time but it's like they'll have like flashback moments and and then there's a lot of bouncing between certain characters and stuff that I feel like if you're not paying attention at any point, you might get a little bit disjointed, but like, wait, where are we now type thing? Um, It's definitely a little bit more straightforward. Well, it's definitely a lot more straightforward than I'd say Tenet, Interstellar or Inception or Memento even, but like, I mean,
0: Dark Knight, it, well, even Dark Knight, you got to think about like I think Dark Knight's actually like very high concept, especially for like what people were going to think it was going to be like, Oh, it's a, it's a comic book movie. Like, right. At least in my opinion, there's, there's Batman begins, which feels much more like a comic book movie. And then there's the dark Knight, which is like hella elevated. Yeah. At least in my opinion. No, that's
2: why I hesitated to kind of say that it wasn't, it wasn't something more complex. Like I think, people might assume complexity only comes from doing these heady things with like, Oh, whether it's like time travel and understanding like the paradoxes that exist within that, or just like when he's doing like, you know, telling the story backwards, like something in memento or um, the whole dream stuff and in inception. Like, I think people ex- expect it to be on that level, but I think the complexity of the dark Knight or the dark Knight rises is more to do with what he did with a genre as opposed to what he did within a plot. But even, like, in the plot of, like, Dark Knight and stuff, like, character motivations are definitely, like, very different. And, like, there's just, um, I can't think of another word for it besides, like, yeah, there's just, like, a lot of, like, layers of, like, complexity to those movies. But, Mm -hmm. yeah, Batman Begins is probably, like, his most straightforward because it's just an origin movie. Yeah, yeah. And there's like a little bit I'd of a twist, but it's not really a twist if you're like a Batman fan and you know like you kinda, the kinda characters.
0: Yeah, you can kind of see like how oh I okay, I know how this is gonna play out, basically. Yeah. I wanna get into spoilers, but there's a few more things that I wanna hit. Two things real quick that kind of complement each other, I guess. The score in this movie is it's 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 the tits. It's <laughs> it's the best. It really <laughs> is. It's so good. <laughs> it's um yeah yeah man that's like the opening sequence starts up in the opera and it's got opera music playing and something happens and that score just kicks in and like in my chair i was like i felt my body like tense up from the music if this had come out last year i still think the score for joker would be my favorite but this would be so close behind it like thought i really really love this score i've actually put it on like spotify a few times just to listen to it because i'm just like man like just listening to it just like puts you in like brings me back almost into like my theater experience but uh yeah man and like i said earlier Hans zimmer is not the composer on this movie because he's working on dune ludwig garson he's the composer on the mandalorian right now he compose this movie, but he was also the composer on black Panther and he won an Oscar for that. And he was also the composer on creed one and two, but like black Panther came out, what two years ago. Yeah. Would not be surprised if he wins the Oscar for just score this year. If that happens, that means that he's won best score two out of three years. That'd be pretty crazy. Like that, I feel that like it'd be
2: crazy, but now he's going to be
0: going against Hans Zimmer for Dune. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. I don't, I don't know. Hans Zimmer has, has won a bunch. So Maybe they would give it to, to a little bit gorgeous. I don't know. In general, like I don't really look at the composer of movies very often. Like that's just something that like I kind of ignore until after I've seen the movie. And if I'm like, oh, I really like that music, I'll check it out. But I feel like I should probably be looking up what movies he's working on more because every movie that he's worked on, I'm just like, damn, the score's really fucking good in this movie.
2: Yeah. It's always amazing when somebody who's doing something from like a production side stands out and makes it so that like when you hear they're working on something, like you're checked in now you're like, okay.
0: Yeah. I I definitely agree. Going just along the, the train of like the sound. I do have a couple negatives with the movie. It was funny when, when we were talking about the movie in the parking lot, we were just like, dude, bro. And then I was just like, it's not perfect. But, and then you were just like, but it's fucking awesome. And I was like, it is fucking awesome. But like, Going going off like the sound, one thing that I think I can't fully disagree with it, but I think it is a little bit of pro, it is problematic. And it, it comes down to like Christopher Nolan's like kind of like philosophy. Christopher Nolan has said that he finds sound mixing to be slightly overrated. And he says that it's not so much like the character, what the characters are saying. It's it's what the sound makes you feel. And I can definitely get behind that in terms of like there were multiple times in this movie when it's just like sensory overload with the sound and i was just like this is awesome like the music the action sequences everything is crazy but there are certain scenes that there is important dialogue and like we had said a lot of the dialogue in this movie is super important if not all of it there's like a scene on like a boat type thing i don't even know what the fuck that thing was with the boat thing that like comes out of the oh, water yeah, that they're yeah. like racing you really can't hear the characters all that well during those scenes for me like that's why i was like oh well, i'll be definitely watching like these few scenes here with subtitles on when i get the like the you know the blu-ray sometimes i just feel like the sound mixing drowned out some dialogue that was probably important
2: yeah it's i mean i feel like every piece of dialogue is crazy important in this movie like i don't think there's a wasted word i didn't have too much of a problem I don't think there was anything heady that was missed in that moment. I think there there was stuff that was like based in story, but in terms of like what was going on with like the time shifting aspect of the movie, like I don't think they were going into any of that in that scene. So it's not like you would have got left behind in that, but yeah, it makes sense. I didn't know that he said that about like the way like sound makes you feel and stuff like that, but it totally makes sense when you look at his movies. Cause I feel like that happens a lot in his movies where this is like these loud swells. And I feel like he's notoriously one of those ones where um, you try to watch the movie at home and you have to put the subtitles on because you'll be watching it. And like the action scene comes on and it's just like crazy loud. <laughs> and then there's talking dialogue and it's like, yeah, so no. oh, come on. <laughs> And it's like, what the fuck are they saying? But, like, as soon as you turn it up too loud, then all of a sudden a bullet fires, and then, like, the whole house shakes, and you're like, well, now you gotta turn it down. Like, you're always going... Yeah. You're always going from, like... You gotta turn it all the way down to, like, if it goes to 100, you gotta turn it down to 10 during the action. You gotta turn it
0: up to, like, 60 during the dialogue. Mm-hmm. I was doing that, actually, when we were watching Inception this week. He's been doing that, though, like... Because you watch older movies, like The Prestige and Memento and stuff like that. Like... It, it wasn't like that. I think it's I think it's since The Dark Knight rises that that's kind of been a thing. Like I think Dunkirk has a little bit of it. I think Inception has a little bit of it. Interstellar does. Dunkirk
2: definitely does. I'll tell you cuz I was watching it last night with the surround sound on and man that that woofer will kick in It's like they'll be having a conversation <laughs> and then all of a sudden a bullet gets fired and then I'm like fuck that is definitely waking up the neighbors. <laughs>
0: it's so loud. I think my last point that I want to make that's like just a negative is a perfect way to segue into spoilers. Do you have anything else before you want to get into spoilers? No, I just want to, I don't want to spoil the shit out of this movie. All right. So I'll, I'll mention this in terms of character in this movie, there's not a ton of character development. There's one character that you really kind of is kind of like your emotional pull in the movie. And that's uh, Elizabeth Debicki's character. But as far as like your main character go, there's not really an arc to them, either with Robert Pattinson's character. It doesn't really bother me so much because I think there are reasons for it that actually make the movie possibly better. I don't know if it actually, I don't know if it's better, but there's there are reasons for it that work with this script. But like I watched Inception last night and I think what makes Inception so great, and I think Tenet and, and Inception are going to get compared a lot based on like, Kind of a a, a high concept film that kind of deals with like time and manipulation of of things. But but, uh, I think one of the big differences between those movies is you get super invested in Leonardo DiCaprio's character. He has an arc to him and he has, you know, an emotional tie. And like by the end of the movie, when he gets to his kid and they show that top on that table you're like just praying it's going to wobble because you just want to be happy for him. There really isn't anything like that with the characters in this movie. But like I said earlier, I think there is a reason for that, which will lead us into spoilers. Yeah, for sure. Well,
2: I agree, especially when it comes to the protagonist, which I think his name is just protagonist in the movie. It is, yeah. It's just the protagonist. Yeah, which is cool in itself because, again, espionage, so like not knowing... His name and all that. But I think mm-hmm. I think Robert Pattinson has more of an arc. Or at least he's the same guy all the way through, but you learn more about who he is and like what he's doing. So I'd say he even has yeah. more of an arc than our protagonist. Our protagonist is basically the same guy from beginning to end.
0: Yeah. I was I meant kind of like I want the characters to win and stuff like that, but I wasn't like emotionally invested in, in either character, if that makes sense.
2: I was invested in Robert Pattinson's character. I think he had like a lot
0: of charisma. I think he has charisma. I just didn't feel like there was a reason to like, like Root for him. I don't know. Yeah. You, you want, you want things that you're going to grasp onto the character with, and you're going to want to empathize with them or whatever. I don't think you really know enough about either character for that to happen. That's why I think they, they give you a lot of scenes with, it's a cat or Kate character where she's the real pull. like her and her kid. That's the real emotional tie to the movie, but you don't have that with your, your two main characters.
2: Yeah. I can kind of see that. I don't know. I was just so invested in the movie as a whole that, that I kind of glossed
0: over that. I really wish I could have seen it a second time before we recorded. There's, there's some really cool stuff when you see it a second time. But yeah, like I said, though, I think there are reasons why they did it that way. I would have liked for a little bit more from the main character, I think in particular, but yeah. Do you want to start getting into spoilers? Let's do it. Well, huge spoiler here. And it just goes off the characters. I think the biggest reason why you don't know anything about the main character is because the big reveal for him is that him and Robert Pattinson's character have known each other for like 30 years and Robert Pattinson's from the future, essentially. And John David Washington's character has been like leading like the tenant organization in the future. So like John David Washington's present in the movie is basically the beginning of the operation that you're seeing in the movie, but it's something that was planned in the future. Right. And I think they wanted to keep that a mystery for the majority of the movie. That's why there's so much mystique behind your two main characters. Yeah, it would be hard for us to know
2: what was what with the the protagonist. Because then I think the only way you would get that information is by exposition. And Christopher Nolan does not do exposition. Again, he doesn't talk yeah. down to his audience. So, like, mm-hmm. I don't think there would be a intelligent way for the audience to be led in on certain information without our main character also being let in on that information. So for that reveal in the end to work, it's pretty much the only way it can go. So now, cause you watched it a second time. So this is kind of cheating. The first time I watched it, I took it as not that Robert Pattinson was sent backwards through time to kind of kickstart the mission with him, with the protagonist. But It was the protagonist in the future went backwards in time to recruit
0: Robert Pattinson to get his younger self to start. You know what I mean? Oh, you're saying that Robert Pattinson went back in time to recruit John David Washington? No, the other way around. The future future
2: protagonist went back to recruit Robert Pattinson's character before the future protagonist... Was even a member of Tenet. So basically, he's like, hey, you go back, you know, make sure you get us set up, set me up on the, with all of this stuff, and then I'll, you know, I'll meet up with you type thing, you know? Or maybe I,
0: again, I only saw it the one time, so I was still trying to like digest everything. I think it's because Robert Pattinson says it multiple times in the movie, basically just like, you know, you can't, you can't change the past. And he also mentions like, if I told you it wouldn't do any good right now. So I'm pretty sure Robert Pattinson, he's basically from the future. He's gone back in time to make sure that everything that's supposed to happen is supposed to happen or does happen. And there are multiple scenes throughout the movie. You, you see Robert Pattinson in the first scene of the movie before he's even introduced based on his backpack. Right. He's the one that saves him in the opera when the bullet like is supposed to cut, there's that inverter bullet. He's the one that saves them. Robert Pattinson's also the dead body in the last scene of the movie. Right. Where, like, you know, so there's, there's multiple moments. Yeah. There's multiple moments throughout the movie where the Neil character, he's there to protect who is essentially like the leader of Tenet in the future. And to, to make sure that things plan out the way that they're supposed to and it's, it's fun watching the movie, like on second viewing when they meet for the first time, there's a bunch, like a bunch of things where, uh, like it comes across as like Robert Patton's character is kind of like the, like almost like cheeky, like funny one, which he is, he has a lot of really good lines in the movie, but, uh, he's like, there's a part in the beginning of the movie where he's like, I'll take like a vodka or whatever. He's like, and, uh, like a diet Coke for him. And then he's like. He's like, how do you know that? And he's like, you don't drink on the job. And it just seems like he's basically just like, yeah, you can't drink on the job. But when you watch it the second time, it's like, no, he knows that because he's known him for 30 years. Oh yeah. Shit. I
2: didn't even think about that's. I'm grinning like a schoolgirl. That's so cool.
0: <laughs> that's so fucking yeah. cool. Yeah. There's, there's a, bu- there's a bunch of things in it where it's just like, that's what I said. I said to Brianna, I was like on second viewing, I like Robert Pattinson's performance even more. Like, him and John David Washington, we even mentioned this, but they're like, they're, they're really like, they're fucking cool in this movie. Like they're oh. really like suave and stuff. But, Dude, uh, they, they make me feel like such a, like a little dick piece of shit. Like
2: they're just, <laughs> they're just so suave and just awesome that I'm just like, oh man, I'm a, I'm a little boy. Like, I'm just like a tiny little boy. Like, I can't wait to be a man like these guys. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> they're fucking awesome. Like, that, they, they got dope suits. They just, like, walk into places and do
0: stuff. And I'm like, I wish I could do stuff. Dude, the scene when they're holding their breath, they're just walking through the hallway, I was just like, these guys fuck. <laughs> these guys fuck. These
2: guys fuck a lot.
0: <laughs> no, dude.
2: But, but, I mean, yeah, like, their characters are just so cool. And I don't think I've seen movies where I'm trying to think of, like, Because Good Time, Robert Pattinson's kind of like a sleaze. And Lighthouse, you know, he's kind of like a sleaze. (laughs) And then Twilight, he's a glitter boy bitch. (laughs) And then I don't think I've seen him be like kind of the more light, like the funny, charming. Like like I've seen him, you know, that he does like the teen heartthrob thing for the Twilight series, whatever. But like, I really liked his character in this and I think he did a really good job playing this more like clean cut. I just I I really liked his character. Like I I think both of them were incredibly charismatic and just like yeah, there's just something that was just really cool about both of them, but like for for Robert Pattinson I felt like
0: it was um it was different from what I've seen him in. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. the one line that's great in the movie is uh, when they go to like infiltrate the arms dealer where they think the inverted bullets are coming from like early in the movie. And she's basically just like, yeah, I've got like, you know, all guards in here. And he's like, no, they're taking care of it. And it cuts to Robert Pattinson and he's got his gun to them. And he's just like, eat up. It'll get cold. And it just cuts to all the other people just sitting there like just with their dinner. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) At gunpoint. (laughs) Yeah. And then also like when they have to hold their, hold their breath or whatever, they got one guy's like panicking and like, they're like starting their breathing. And the guy like looks over at him like, what the fuck? And he's like, he's just like yoga. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But
2: yeah, man, I, I really like this character. He's got another line later when they're talking about, um, when he's trying to, he's trying to explain his plan for the, for the airport. And with the plane and all that. Oh, so good. And then he's saying like, oh, I don't know if you're going to like this plan. And he's like, it might involve might involve using one of my friends to uh, hijack a plane or something. And then and then he's just like, oh, I don't know about that. He's like, oh, no, no, no. Don't be so dramatic. And then he's like, all right, well, how are you going to create a distract? Like a little bit later in the conversation? He's like, well, how are you going to create the distraction? Then
0: he goes, okay, that might be a little dramatic. Yeah, he goes, you want, want to crash a plane? Well, not from the air. Don't be dramatic. Well, how big of a, is the plane going to be? That part is a little bit dramatic. Yeah, (laughs) that's what it is. It's so good. That's what I mean. Like, that back
2: and forth, that chemistry they had, like, it actually, like, now that I'm looking back at it, like, makes it even more interesting. Just, like, the rapport that they have in the movie and the chemistry that they have in a movie, it does feel more like they've known each other for 30 years rather than they've just met for this mission. Mm -hmm. And, And I think... I think a lot of that is carried out through the comfortability that Robert Pattinson has with uh John David Washington's character because for him he's just kind of carrying through this is all new to him he's just moving through so he's learning things and a lot of the times he is not quipping back he's just kind of like rolling through it and he's like very business but then Robert Pattinson being like, you know, chummy right out of the gate, I think I think that portrays more of their relationship. So now that just made me appreciate his performance even more, not even having to watch it a second Yay. time, but just like realizing those moments and being like, "Holy shit, yeah, like that's fucking
0: brilliant." Yeah, there's there's cool like kind of mannerisms that he has when you watch it a second time. Cause like there's things that are being said to him and he's basically just like, I already fucking know this. (laughs) Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't know what kind of spoiler stuff you want to go into. Um, there's a lot that we could mention, but there's a lot of stuff that like on second viewing or even just like that, like clicked like 20 minutes after I watched the movie, like that I was just like, Oh, that's fucking awesome. Like just things that. That we're clicking. So I I don't know if we want to just say stuff to talk to people if they're confused about the movie or if we just want to like, I don't know what you want to do. There's a lot of shit. This is what I want to do. I really want everybody to see this movie
2: and I want the swampies to come out in full force and talk to us about it. Especially if there's things that they're like, didn't understand or they just like want to point out. I want to see this movie again, but real quick. If you got if you have like more like story stuff you want to talk about, I'd say let's hit it after this because this is less of a story thing and just an action set piece I really want to highlight. That building in the battlefield.
0: Yeah. <laughs>
2: that's what I mean about <laughs> I don't think I've ever seen action done like this and I don't think I'll ever see it repeated. Nobody does action like Christopher Nolan does there's a scene where and again this is all huge spoilers but like in the in the finale in the climax they they have this military mission to kind of like stop this world ending thing from happening and half of their troops are moving forward through time while the other half are inverted so they're they're moving backwards and then on the battlefield they're like oh we need a distraction it's like oh don't worry we're on we're on that this building is it's like the building was inverted because it was reassembling itself but it was how do you explain it so it was a destroyed
0: it's, building that the building basically gets it's destroyed it gets put back together and then blown up from another section of it, yeah, it's insane, it's crazy. So like, yeah. the building is all starts in rubble. That I was gonna say that's one of those moments the movie where my, my jaw dropped. I was just like, oh, oh. just the way, what the, the, f- way, it, what, the <laughs> way it looked and
2: the sound of it. I was like, wow, it's yeah, it's a sight to behold. It's so cool, but yeah, it's like the building is coming back together, but like while you see like a rocket. Like
0: hitting it, exiting so like, it, kind of, or yeah, like when it's coming back together the first time, the rocket's exiting because it's getting put back together, right? And then in a rocket comes in present time and blows it up from because I think it, I think it assembles at the top, blown up from the bottom, right? Yeah, oh, dude, and again,
2: it it being played backwards, like it doesn't look computer. Like it looks like they blew up that building and then they filmed it. And then they like almost superimposed it backwards and forwards at the same time, almost because
0: yeah, man, when that building <laughs> explodes, so
2: it looks like they just blew up a fucking building.
0: Yeah. It is just straight up. It's demolition. so good.
2: Oh, That whole climax is incredible.
0: Yeah. Dude, multiple jaw-dropping moments. Like, every action sequence for me had just parts where I was just like, whoa. Like, the kind of like the hand-to-hand combat scene. There's like multiple times where like the inverted like kind of like flips off walls just looked super cool. And then... When that gets played back later, that's another thing I didn't want to mention because it's a spoiler. I love the structure of this movie because you basically you watch the movie backwards. It's almost like half memento style where like you watch events from one lens and then you watch them fucking backwards later when they're like kind of going into present time. I don't want to really spoil too much stuff, but like, yeah you basically you watch these jaw-dropping action sequences and then you watch them again later with another lens and they're even cooler the second time around where you're just like whoa that's that's nuts but like the like the fight scene in like the hallway was just awesome that might be my favorite part of the whole movie but like the car First chase time or the second time i don't know i i think the second time cuz i love that Me too. i love that again it's huge spoilers but you watch it and you're like you, you get a grasp on what's happening right away. You're like, oh, the people that they were fighting were themselves, but you assume that because there's two people that Robert Pattinson was the one that got, that Robert Pattinson caught, and then you find out that, no, it was the same person running forwards and backwards through time. Like, right. that blew my mind. I thought that was so cool. Yeah.
2: It, so, like, when he saw, because at that point, he didn't know about the inverted people. Like, you can do that with a soldier, yeah. and he didn't know what that chamber was. So through that window, you're actually seeing the inverse, but there's only one person there. So, like mm-hmm. what when he saw somebody charge at him and he looked through the window at somebody charging at Robert Pattinson, he thought it was two different guys, but it was actually mm-hmm. just him coming at, out the other side in the inverted.
0: Yeah. Fucking so
2: Crazy. sick, so sick. Oh, when you start getting through to like the when somebody who's inverted goes into into like the forward moving, but then like when when they need to switch back to the other side and like what what trying to keep up with that, especially <laughs> with Robert Pattinson and the way he's jumping back and forth throughout it. Like in the end, like whoo.
0: Oh yeah, he oh. makes he makes three switches in time in that sequence at the end. Brilliant! Oh, it's so cool. Yeah.
2: I can't wait to see this again. I'm gonna go see this again.
0: And you know what? I I also really like about the movie. The movie is kind of like, in some ways, it, it's I think a little the tiniest campy where it's just like the fate of the world is at your hands, like type thing like that. But one thing that I really like about it is. That it kind of goes into like, like we've talked before, we really like that dystopian, like, you know, field to movies and like what's going to happen with the earth. They don't ever show it to you, but the whole theme of the movie is basically the people of the future, because of climate change, the earth is, is going to basically die and they've exhausted all their options. So their plan with the algorithm is they're sending the algorithm back in time to Seder, Who's the villain. They're sending it back to him. Cause they're basically just like, we have no more options. We are willing to take the chance that you can blow all yourself up. Like you can end life on earth there and it won't affect our timeline because they mentioned the grandfather paradox and they're basically just like, we, we can't, we can't care about that anymore. Yeah. But what I love about them, not showing it and I love that type of movie. I'm not asking for a tenant sequel, but I feel like th- there are so many possibilities for w- what happens after this movie. Because after this movie, like there's still so much of you know John David Washington and Robert Pattinson's, you know, history in Tenet that they don't show in the movie because it, you know, they were been working in the future. I feel just feel like the possibilities of this movie can like just live in your mind. For like ever, you know? Like you can just yeah. think about everything that happened in the future. I think I think that's really awesome. This and, could be uh, a, this
2: could be a movie that gets revisited like 20 years from now. What about that?
0: Yeah. A couple of smaller things that I just thought were cool. You know how the just the name Tenet is a palindrome? Yeah, how same you, you forwards, say, backwards. Yeah. yeah. Did you see the thing with the Seder Square? Uh you see this thing know. yet? No. So basically in like old like 8th century there's like this thing that people have found called the Sator Square and it's basically like an early like palindrome. So it's a square and it's got 5 columns and 5 rows and no matter which way you read it either up or down or left or right it makes a word. So it's like 5 columns of 5 letters all the way down and across and stuff like that. But the the way it works is the top line is Rotas. The basically it says Rotas, Opera, Tenet, Apero, or Arepo, and then Seder. But if you read all those like things and it goes all across, uh, Arepo is the name of the artist in like the drawing subplot in the movie. The movie starts in an opera. The organization is Tenet. Um, huh. Rotas. I don't know if I said it. Rotas is the name of satyrs organization and satyr is the name of the villain, but basically like this, the, one of the earliest palindromes, they, all the words in it apply to this movie. And then the Latin definitions of all those words are like, they're all um, synonymous with like the character or place that they are represented in like the film. Like, I'm pretty sure like Seder in Latin means like founder and he's like the founder of his company and stuff like that. Just thought it was really cool. That's awesome. Yeah. Dude, Nolan's the man. Yeah, man. I thought it was awesome. It's like like a sci-fi spy epic is basically what Tenet is. And it's got like the fucking coolest action scenes you're going to see in a really long time with like one of the best scores of the year. I, I fucking love this movie, man.
2: Yeah. With some of like the best new ish actors on the scene or at least, you know up and coming. Cause I'll even say like Robert Pattinson is not up and coming, but making a comeback after, after, you know, he's recouping from the twilight shame. Yeah. But fuck all that. He's <laughs> been recouped in my eyes. Like we've been on the Robert Pattinson train for a minute now, but yeah, no, like I don't have, um, I mean, I'm sure we could talk about this movie for a lot longer, but I would like to get to tomato tomatoes, tomato
0: tomato. Prepare to get enraged. <laughs> Oh, God. Tomato, tomato. The critics, they're bringing this in at a 74%. Uh, so C? Yeah, it's a C. And then tomato, the audience score, they're bringing this in at a 78%. So C plus. So C God. to C plus.
2: Well, that's... <laughs> okay, wait a minute. That's okay. why I was like, prepare for pain. <laughs> so that's that's percentage of people who suggest to see it, what's the average grade?
0: Let's 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 check.
2: Cause I would almost hope that of like the 70 whatever 74% of critics who would suggest to go see it, it's because they loved it. You know what I mean? Because it could be 74% of critics gave this an A or an A minus or something like that.
0: Basically the average score that critics gave was a 70%. What the Like a seven out of 10. Yeah. And then for audience, the average score is basically an 80%. Okay. Then I'm, what What am I missing? This is like, this is what I was, I, you know, I told you before we started recording, I was like, you know, some of these reviews are just the worst, but like, even the critics, almost every other bad review is someone saying they couldn't understand it. Like I'm, I just clicked on it. Like the third one down is, uh, maybe you could follow what is happening. If you wrote it all down on a flow chart with circles and arrows and multiple colored inks, but it wouldn't be worth the effort. Like what's wrong with you? <laughs> I, yeah, I don't, <laughs> is it, is it dense and complex?
2: Yes. Can you understand it by the end of the movie? Yeah. Like, we are not geniuses. I mean, I say I'm a genius all the time, but we're not geniuses. I'm like a regular Joe. And I'm not a I'm not completely dumbfounded by it. Are there things that I still need to figure out? Yeah, for sure, but like that's fun, like that's cool. Like I don't think it's the movie's job to give you every single answer to every single question. Some questions don't have answers. Some questions have answers that take a little bit more digging and you got to be willing to do the work. But this movie I feel like is less of a head scratcher than inception. Like, I think this one ties up more loose ends than inception does. I feel like inception is one that people would watch like two, three times and still not fully get it. I feel like this one, if you watch it a second time, you almost got a hundred percent of the movie.
0: Yeah. You would think, I think, I think part of it was the, the sound mixing. Like I think people might be just missing bits, bits of the dialogue or they're just like, not full look like we said you have to be fully prepared to watch like and pay attention to everything of this movie but yeah like you know I, I understand Inception also but when there's like dreams inside of dreams inside of dreams and you have to like make the kicks to get out of those dreams and stuff in some ways yeah I do think Inception is is a little bit more complicated than this and people love that I mean like I said earlier I think Inception has better characters but at least for me personally, I a lot of people... And I, I love Inception. Like, I'm I'm, I'm not shit sure on Inception. It's one of my favorite movies of his. But I always see people, like, point to, like, ah, oh, Inception, like, the hallway action scene. Like, that's amazing. And yeah, that, that scene is amazing. But I think, based on my taste, I actually like the action sequences in Tenet better than I do in Inception. I would have to rewatch Inception again. It's been a little while.
2: But I don't remember... Like Inception was cool with like you know the hallway and stuff like that, but that to me was the just like the hallway scene all right, is the cool. scene
0: that everyone talks about. Like that's like the scene in, in, in Inception is the hallway scene.
2: Right, but even that to me, I'm just like, okay, wires, rotating hallway, spin the camera. This is like because because <laughs> Tenet there there are scenes that take intricate production design, like set design things that you need to do that are similar to how they made that scene happen in Inception, but there's also post-production things that need to be done to piece everything together perfectly, like in terms of like the inversion and stuff of certain uh, things or characters. So I think, I think the spectacle of what you're seeing on screen is far more impressive in Tenet yeah i would I would agree with that dude the truck heist the truck heist scene oh oh and the it's score awesome. and the score when when they start pulling up to the truck mhm I think mm-hmm. that's my favorite composition within the movie, yeah, like it's almost got like a thumping like driving like fucking energy to it, and it's just like tense and like it's like oh man, like it's a heart pumping I'm like this is awesome,
0: yeah. You knew it was coming and stuff, but it, it, that scene, the whole thing about it, like it's, there's mo- moments in this movie that I actually was watching. And I was just like, this is very dark nighty. Like kind of the opening of this movie gave me some dark night vibes with like the opening of that movie. And then I don't know why, but that scene a little bit gave me dark night vibes just with like the whole composition of like, we're going to have these four trucks kind of like crush another truck while driving. And they're that was also like geniuses like, like yeah if the truck stops they'll know something is wrong so we're just going to oh, buy yeah. momentum just keep pushing them forward and like jam the radars like i thought that was awesome yeah like that whole sequence with just like all the trucks doing that and then him on the roof with the fire truck and then once you get out of that and you see that car from like 100 you know feet out driving backwards at you you're just like this is already nuts and it's about to get fucking bonkers <laughs> like this yeah. is, it's crazy oh, that's so, so good Yeah, there is not one like action sequence in this movie that I thought was like subpar. Anything like each one, I was just like, "This is like one of the best things you're going to see in years." (laughs) Like, in terms of like just like action sequences, like it's it's hard to top this. He's such a master of of you know of this stuff. So you want to talk about a a mastery of this
2: craft? A scene like that can happen, or like you're saying, you have these these trucks pinching them in and like this. You know, high speed heist and like all of these elements, and then a car's driving backwards and there's explosions and flips and like all this crazy stuff. And then they can still drop your jaw with a hand-to hand combat scene later when they revisit the hallway fight for the second time. And then because mm-hmm. then that happens, but then that drops your jaw because now you're re-watching the same scene through a different perspective. So like they did this scene twice with like different cameras and now you're watching it, yeah, with this whole new lens. So like now your jaws dropped on a conceptual level and the fact that you could you can do that where you can escalate the action and the stakes in terms of like the trucks and the explosions and all of that stuff. but then to still, knock your socks off with just a hand-to-hand combat scene. And it is obviously so much more than that. Just goes to show you how, how good action can be when you add
0: substance to it. Yeah. Yeah, man. Fucking brilliant. I love, like I said, on first go, there's a lot of really cool like flips and stuff like that. But then on the second time, there's a lot of cool things where like he puts his hand out and the gun from like ten feet out flies back to his hands and stuff like that, like really cool shit in it, yeah, so so what you was the, it's what were the tomato and tomato again? I forgot it was a seventy four for the critics, a seventy eight for the audience, all right, well, I'm going tomato, hmm I'm gonna guess
2: you're going tomato as well, yeah, I'm going tomato as well, a j owed hard to this movie, and, and we're gonna get to our rankings in a little bit, mm-hmm. I think I need to see it a second time to solidify what my grade is for sure. Mm -hmm. But my reaction to it right now upon looking back on it, I'm giving it the Fonzie special and I gave it an A. I give
0: it an A also. Nice. Yeah. I, uh, I, I, man, I love this movie. Like 2019 was a super strong year. This would have been top five. I think last year for me, like, like I really oh, yeah. like this. Yeah, this is so fucking good. The only reason it's not an A plus is just the character thing. Like, I could just wish there was a little bit more reason to care about the characters. Um, but other than that, like what a ride! When the movie ended, me and Brianna were just in our chairs, and we both were just like, "Whoa!" Like that—that that was like our reaction. And leaving the theater, we're just like, "Whoa!" Yeah, that <laughs> was that, an, that was me that for Interstellar. Bam, yeah, man. I'm glad we were on this. If you were like, yeah, this and that, like I'm giving like a B, I'd have been like, fuck you. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, This is a measuring stick movie right here. If you can keep up with Tenet, you can keep up with me. Exactly. So we're going to rank Christopher Nolan's films. There's a few you haven't seen, right? Yes. So you haven't seen Following, Insomnia, or The Prestige, right? Those are the three? Those are the three I've missed. All right. So... What I think we should do, and if you want to do it differently, we can do it differently. I was going to say, what I think we should do is, I'll do 11, 10, 9, and then when we get to 8, you could could start with 8, and then I'll go. If you want to do that. Yeah, let's do it. All right. My 11 is following. So, a movie you haven't seen was actually the one that I dislike the most, I guess. Is that his first movie? Here's the thing about this. Yeah, it's his first movie. It's funny because, like, Christopher Nolan, like, a lot of you know, directors and, you know, people who do the directing writing and they have their own vision. They usually start with something that's super strong. And then you're like, Holy shit. Like, can they ever top that? I feel like Christopher Nolan has gotten better with time in some ways. Like maybe like some of the movies in like the middle are his best, but I don't know. Like, and I'll tell you why. Like I think insomnia is his second film or that it's his third, but that's my number 10. So my number 11 is following my number 10 is insomnia. And my number nine, I know you have seen it. My number nine is Dunkirk. Okay, D- Dunkirk. Technically, I really like it. Um, it's that's another character thing. There's just not a lot of character to it, which is a little bit of bit of a bummer. I know that's not the point of the movie. The point of the movie is the event, and it definitely feels like an event. So it's just I would have liked the characters in the movie. And also, like disclaimer, all these movies I really like. Like this is this is actually probably the hardest ranking I've had to do. So yeah, but uh, what's your, what's your number eight? Well,
2: not far off from you. My number eight is Dunkirk. Yeah. Do you like it? Like, is
0: that a movie that you, you oh like yeah, I like it or... a lot. Yeah. That's the thing. Like all these movies are all good. So I I feel bad putting Dunkirk at nine. My number eight is Batman Begins. My number seven is Batman Begins. Oh man. Whew. Are we going to have the list? same list? I don't know, man. I don't think we will. I don't think we will. My number seven is The Dark Knight Rises. My number six mm-hmm. is The Dark Knight Rises. Ooh, damn. Okay.
2: We're one off. Well, we're, we're one off on all of these so far.
0: Yeah. I'm probably going to... I know this isn't going to be it, though. My number six is Memento.
2: Oh, okay. My number five is Inception.
0: Okay. And it's funny because I rewatched uh, Memento yesterday, and I was just like... I was like, this is like... So fucking good. Like, how could that movie be six on this list? And, yeah, man, there's just movies that I like more than it. It's crazy. But my number five is The Prestige. Okay. Have not seen that one. Yeah. I really want you to see that one. Like, I I know you'll like it a lot. And it's got people involved that I know you love. So
2: I got to get on that. I actually looked for it last night. I was going to watch that instead of Dunkirk because I've seen Dunkirk before. But mm-hmm. I only saw it once, and then when I was rewatching it, I was like, "Oh, there's actually a good amount of stuff I forgot." Um, so I'm glad I rewatched it. But I did try to watch the Prestige instead. So my number four, and this is this is crazy. This might be crazy. Uh, my number four is Tenant. My number four is Tenant. <laughs> there, uh, yeah. There you go. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: Okay. So it's not that crazy. Yeah. No. Well, then, my number three is Interstellar. Oh, damn.
0: Okay. I thought that was going to be your number one. Really? Yeah. I did think that was... You're, you're going to be n- your number one. My number three is Inception. Okay. it's a good one. Just, it's just funny because I know you're, like, just such a huge Interstellar fan, so I was just like, it's got to be, like, his, like, number one or two. Like, I figure, I don't know, man. I actually... I thought that was... I had a really hard
2: time. I did a knee-jerk reaction on this list. I almost think, like, Interstellar should be my number two. Mm-hmm. But in the moment, eh, I put Memento at number two. And-, and I only did this because Memento is technically the first Christopher Nolan movie I ever saw. Mm-hmm. And it was the first time I had ever seen a movie like this. And it just, like wrinkled my brain and it was so awesome and like i said i love guy pierce and um it was just really cool so like it holds a lot a lot of nostalgia for me because like i saw it like close to when it came out like uh that was like i got a lot introduced to a lot of really interesting and cool movies earlier than i think most people my age would have been so like when did that movie come out was that like 99 early like, 2000
0: uh memento yeah, I feel like it was it was early on and Memento's either 2000 or 2002. I can't remember. All right. So I would have been in like I would have been like middle school. It's 2000.
2: And uh yeah, I just remember like and I think that movie's rated R, but like that was one of those ones where it's like my mom was like you might be a little bit too young for this, but like it's a really cool movie. You should watch it. Cause like that was around the same time. Like I had just gotten into Quentin Tarantino and like usual suspects and things like that. Uh, these more like gritty and also like head scratcher movies and stuff. Movies with like interesting mm-hmm. twists and things. And then my mom was always telling me, she's like, just watch Memento, watch Memento, watch Memento. So then I did it. was like, Holy shit, this is awesome. So I think that's the only reason I put it at two instead of interstellar. But interstellar is probably my number two. <laughs>
0: OK, <laughs> yeah, man, I uh, the storytelling of Memento is just awesome. Actually, when me and Brianna were having dinner before we started recording, we were she was asking about like Christopher Nolan, because we've been watching a lot of like, a lot of his movies. We saw 10 of shooter and And I told her, I was, you know, being a neurologist, I was like, I think you would really like Memento. Actually, like that might be one that we should watch like soon. I think we're going to watch Arrival tomorrow, but I think I might show her Memento like like this weekend or something. Yeah, worth it. What's your number two? Yeah, my number two is Interstellar.
2: Okay, cool, good choice. Yeah,
0: we've talked about it before. I think I think the third act is a head scratcher for some people, but it's hard to find a movie that feels as like on such a grand scale as Interstellar. And I love the actual science behind it, like the research uh-huh. that goes into that movie. I think is incredible. And, yeah, and so mind like blowing to think about, like, because it's all rooted in actual things that people believe like, could be true. So it's just like. Damn, that's, that's fucking nuts. <laughs> like when you think about it.
2: Yeah. So. Really wrinkles your brain. Our we number, the number the one number same. Yeah, Dark Knight. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, the Dark Knight. Nice. Love that
0: film. Ooh, so good.
2: So out of all of these, I've seen now Dark Knight, Interstellar, Batman Begins, and Tenet in IMAX.
0: Christopher Nolan's kind of become, like, synonymous with IMAX. Like, Oh, it, I
2: saw Inception in IMAX, too.
0: Damn, so you're, like, really riding his dick. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I just used to go to Palisades a
2: lot. <laughs> Palisades yeah. is the closest IMAX to us.
0: Yeah, it's actually... I'm pretty sure that in 2012, when The Dark Knight came out, which I think was 2012, I'm pretty sure when that came out, there was, like, a rush for, like, IMAXs to be built, like... In like the AMC's and stuff like that, because they're just like, basically just like, this thing is made for Christopher Nolan, like fucking rush build these things, like the Dark yeah. Knights coming out. So, but yeah, man, I I had so much fun talking this movie. Yeah, it's one of my favorites. I can't, I cannot wait. I'm gonna be back home in in New York, um, soon. And I really hope it's still in theaters and playing because I really want to go see it again. With my, like I want to take my brothers to see it for their first time.
2: Dude, let me know. I'll go with you, too. Yeah, boy. We should do it. We got to try to see the 4K Akira while you're up here, too. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I still have my A-list. Do you? Are you paying for it? I, have, I haven't been getting charged yet, no. Yeah, I wonder if maybe it's a thing where it's where it's like you don't get built until you use it again.
2: Yeah, so I, I went and looked at it. So what it is is... um. It even says it's like, you know, your account is on hold and we won't automatically turn it back on even if your theater opens. It it basically says, I think they I think they were smart for this. They were like, your account will stay on hold until your theater opens and you are comfortable going back to the movies. Mm-hmm. So basically like they're not going to be like, well, your movie, your local theater open. So we're going to start charging you again. And if you don't go, that's on you. They are just like, as soon as you're ready to go back to the movies, you can just reactivate it whenever you want. And then you're good to go, you know? Yeah. But Joe, a good look. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Cause then it's, cause I'm sure there are people who it's like, even if the movies reopen, they're not going to be going out there. I'm not one of them. I'll be there day one and day two and day three. Cause I'm a fucking lunatic <laughs> and I'm ready to die <laughs> for the cause. Yeah. For the pod, for the swampies. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Cause we'll do anything for you. Swampies. And all we ever ask in return is that you check out our social media at two dudes movie reviews. You go to two dudes movie reviews.com and for the love of God, and for the love of pod <laughs> our podcast, leave us a five star written review on Apple podcasts because we're working towards a goal and y'all should be working towards the goal of helping us get to a hundred reviews. Because when we hit that mark, we're going to, we're going to do another giveaway. And if you leave a written review, you're automatically entered. If you've already done it, you're already in it. Even if you did it, a year ago, or the day we released the first episode, you're entered in. The only people who are not re-entered are the people who have already won our past giveaways. But that's Tom only and four. Tom, yeah. And then uh, Ian, uh,
0: Ian, Tom, Tom,
2: Ian, Tom, Tom. So Ian, Tom, Tom, <laughs> fuck yourselves,
0: Ian, Tom, Tom, yeah. But, uh, but no, that's like what we went wanna... right up there with Michael Caine.
2: Michael Caine. <laughs> Have you seen Michael Caine? Oh, <laughs> uh, sir. That's going to be a t-shirt. Keep your eyes peeled to com. That'll be a t-shirt in like six months. <laughs> After the quantum fucker is ready.
0: Yeah. The the quantum fucker could actually be done in a, like an hour. Like it's basically done. I just haven't. Cool. Good to know. Thanks. (laughs) I just haven't put on my computer. It's on my iPad. Oh, I want to see. I want to see the progress shot. I'll show you the progress because it'll make you make you laugh. This is so ridiculous.
2: This will be great for this audio platform we have for you to show me this very visual thing.
0: (laughs) I love his belt buckle.
2: Oh, that's awesome. I love his little (laughs) helmet.
0: <laughs> when,
2: when, you had told me, when you showed me the original drawing, and he was basically nude, and you were like, yeah. "Yeah, I gotta, I gotta add like his like costume and stuff like that," I'm like, "Oh, okay, so he's probably gonna cover some things up." Now he's pretty much still nude. He just has like, <laughs> he just has like a belt and a tiny helmet. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and his belt buckle is the two dudes too. <laughs> oh, I love it that's great that's going to be the banner on the sidewall to the right of me
0: exactly I think it's hilarious looking
2: well (laughs) you guys will be able to see it as soon as it's up on the website but yeah don't miss out on what we're doing here keep up to date also talk to us this is definitely a movie that people are going to want to talk about and we always look forward to hearing from you guys so if you saw it feel free to message us again at to do's movie reviews Mostly on IG. Just talk to us on Instagram. And, uh, yeah. Until then. (laughs) We're